Hi, I'm Wendy, and I sometimes like to reread things. <laughs> yeah, I'm Brandon, and I like to reread things, and sometimes I enjoy it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, we like to hang out and talk about books. In this case, it's just stuff that we're rereading and figuring out if we still like it and why we may have liked it in the first case. Yep, and sometimes we make sense, and sometimes we don't. In this episode, we discuss the first two books in Ursula K. Le Guin's Earthsea series, A Wizard of Earthsea and The Tombs of Atuan. We do discuss all aspects of the plot of these books, so if you haven't read them, you may want to before you listen to this. How long has it been since you read A Wizard of Earthsea? It's actually an interesting question because I'm not certain. This is one of those books where I read it so many times when I was a kid that it sort of embeds yourself. It's embedded in my consciousness, I think. Uh, but I stopped reading it at some point. Uh, and the, the story, right, I remember lots of details, remembered everything. So I'm going to say many years ago, but I have no actual memory of when that was. I read it when I was in college for the first time so I was a little older um, there used to be a great used bookstore downtown and I can remember buying it there it was like the, the trilogy set in the box and I read them all at that time haven't read them since so I mean probably close to 25 years wow yeah that's really interesting the change but it's still it still worked I mean I, I read Earthsea I think it was probably after my, maybe my first attempt at uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and was just too young for it, I think. Uh, so I'm going to guess fifth grade. And then, but I still wanted, I read The Hobbit, tried Lord of the Rings, bounced out of it, couldn't deal with it. And then I found Earthsea. And so it was about fifth or sixth grade. And then just multiple times a year. Uh, I think it's one of the books that made me want to be a writer. <laughs> so, and then just after a while, kind of, kind of stopped. So I was really excited to read it again. But yeah, I'm gonna guess it was easily that long or longer. Yeah, uh, tangentially, I didn't read The Hobbit until I was in high school because, you know, obviously I'd heard of it. Everybody's heard of it. Um, but then a friend of mine was in a adaptation for the stage. That was just beyond terrible, and so then I, you know, I had to read the book and figure out what actually was supposed to happen. That's because I saw part of a high school production of The Hobbit, and yes, it, it was a, it was a trip. That's for sure. <laughs> so this is pretty early for Le Guin, as far as her publishing career goes, um, and I have not read a whole lot of her stuff other than this. I mean, biggies like The Left Hand of Darkness, you know, um, do you, have you read a lot of Le Guin or was this like the one thing that you found and just kept going back to? It was really close, like Left Hand of Darkness, uh, The Ones Who Walk Away from Omoros, yep, yep. some of the, the really major ones, and there may have been one or two others. I've not read the whole, I guess, which is nice, I get to look forward to that. I almost feel it's, like I used to have a, a thing with Jane Austen where I saved one book uh, I've subsequently read everything except for one small kind of unfinished thing. But uh, so now I guess like that Le Guin is going to be the treat. But I'm running out of time. I'm going to get going and, and write more. But I love this so much. Did you? You said you remembered like the story and everything. A lot of it. There were a few details that I I just didn't remember. 
and I found it interesting. I did not remember uh, the whole thing with the OTAC, mm-hmm. which is really surprising to me. And as I read some of it, I'm, I imagine I mourned Hoeg, uh, who sort of dies semi off the page, <laughs> and uh, it still made me really sad. So I can imagine that was something that was scrubbed out. But yeah, I remembered all of the larger beats of the story. Maybe not in order, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was. So none of it was really a surprise. I think, aside from uh, I had forgotten about that wonderful little creature. Yeah, I I didn't remember a whole lot. Um, I remember, you know, the magic school stuff, um, and uh, we read Tombs of Atuan too. And I remembered almost nothing about that. Only that I remembered liking it better than Wizard of Earthsea. I still feel that way after having reread them. So it made it interesting reading this because, you know, Ged goes through a bunch of growth over the course of the story and not remembering that and just like, oh, this guy is such a jerk sometimes. It it was fun to read. It wasn't like I disliked it or anything, but it it has been long enough and having only read it once before that... You know, I, I, it was almost like reading it for the first time. And the same way for the second one. I just remembered that it was more focused on the girl rather than Ged. So. Yeah. Uh, so I read Wizard of Mercy obsessively. Uh, and Farmer's Shore, maybe one out of every three reads or so. Tunes I always had. Not a problem with, but I never bonded with it. So I was very excited to read that because I imagine the last time I read Tunes was probably, I don't know, maybe it would have been in high school or eighth grade or I dropped that really, really quickly. Uh, and it is not a bad book, but I think that as a as a kid, I wanted more Ged, right? So mm. who's it? So I think the point of view shift didn't work. And the themes, they're similar, but they're, they're different enough that uh, I still liked him in it. I don't have, I didn't have any memories really about the, the point of view character that I think I remembered being made, maybe frustrated with her. But I'm a kid, I didn't understand, I think, what was happening as much as I might have wizard. So I was excited to read it as an adult. And I did get more out of it. Uh, I still prefer Wizard, but I do have a different different appreciation for it. So now I'm excited to read the other Earthsea books to see how that all plays have out. Have you read the later ones? I have not. Yeah, I But I, I have this huge collection now. I have all of them, I think, at my disposal. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be reading all of them. So did you have... I mean, so we talked about plot I mean, uh, a little bit. Yeah. And I think... Uh, I found it to be satisfying, and partly, uh, I think it's Le Guin's voice, mm-hmm. the narrative style that pushes it through, because uh, I think that if you were looking for maybe traditional adventure, it doesn't really happen necessarily. We're told this story. Right, like very much so. Like that filter, it's really satisfying, I think, when she does it. Uh, and so when I think of Earthsea, I guess I don't usually think mostly in terms of plot, even though cool things happen and get grows, but, uh, yeah, it's fun that it's, so I can't remember, like, those big story moments, but the, the beauty, I think, is really in the, in that whole journey. Yeah, one of the things that, that struck me was just how mythic it felt, and just the poetry in the writing. I mean, 
I, I didn't, you, you could write down quotations from nearly every page of this book and come up with something great. But the one that I wrote down was the first one I came to that really hit me was, uh, small and strange was the writing overwritten and interlined by many hands. And all those hands were dust now. I mean, the, so much of this is like that. And I think that's different between the two books. Uh, the style in tombs is very different from the style in wizard of earth sea. Uh, it's much more of an immediate, in-the-moment story. Um, and so, I mean, there, there are great things about both of them, but they're very different books, even though they're, you know, theoretically one series. I'm curious if that's how the rest of the series fits into that kind of... Yeah, and my, yeah, and my memory isn't good enough to, yeah. to know, but I wouldn't be surprised she's such a good writer that the style might change ever so slightly... Uh, you know, from from book to book, depending on what it's doing, and I, you know, I mean, surely like there's a, they're written later. She had more experience, even, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's those nice little little adjustments. But I think the way that you described it as sort of mythic works really, really well. That was one of the things. It, I mean, it's a short book, but it feels dense when you're reading it. And so I had to take more breaks when I was reading this one. So I'd read a chapter or two and then put it aside for a, you know, a day and then come back to it. Uh, Tombs, I just blazed through. Uh, it seems like a very short story. Uh, but again, loved it. So that made it easier. Just from the very beginning, uh, you know, I was sucked in. I found it interesting because setting tends to be a difficult one for me uh, as when I write not great with setting. I have to push myself to put setting details in there. I think when I look at other kind of pieces, I tend to skip over place names. <laughs> They're loaded on this page, but there's a poetry to them. I think that made me enjoy it, I think, more than I would in other places. Now, I mean, I don't know enough to be, I couldn't draw you a map. I couldn't, I just know the highlights, but I didn't mind that those town names or those island names were seated in there. And I think probably they just sound good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there are maps in the book. And when I was younger, I was very much more of a, a map. Like if someplace was listed in the text, I would go back and then find it on the map and, you know, see where they were in the journey. So I can definitely see appreciating that as you're going through this, because he goes all over this place. And there are names of places everywhere. Yeah. There were some notes, I think, that she'd written essays uh, previous to this. And it sounds like a lot of times it was that she would name islands and then kind of fill in those details after it. Just an incredibly interesting process <laughs> it really really works here so uh yes yeah, so in, in other books all of the description at the beginning of the place eh, but something about this and maybe it's just you know the island of gaunt a single mountain that lifts its peak a mile above the storm wrecks northeast sea is a land famous for wizards and then, yes, like, okay, please tell me about the land for wizards. So any detail that I'm going to get is going to be really exciting. So maybe a slight segue or something, but wizard stories, are you fond of them in general? Do you have any sort of opinions about them? I don't read a whole lot of them, at least not that are completely focused on the wizard, right? I mean, there's this. I, I read Harry Potter, of course, but, you know, it was basically because my kids were reading it. Uh, and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the kind of thing where I would go back and read it ever again. I'm struggling to come up with really any other examples. I mean, 
Uh, Gandalf is a big part of Lord of the Rings, but I've only read that once. And, I, I mean, he's not, like, the focus for a lot of it. Um, the Diane Duane books, though, the So You Want to Be a Wizard, the Young Wizard series, I really liked those when I was younger. Um, but there, there's, I mean, there's a little bit of difference, of course. There's not really a wizard school in that. I didn't have to be a wizard school and everything, but it's, it's not something I've really sought out. How about you? Kind of have always been a bit of a sucker for the wizard story. So. Yeah. Gandalf was probably one of my favorite characters in Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'd seen it, of course, before this. I read The Hobbit, saw the cartoon, and was definitely into that. And I mean, honestly, like even if you move into Space Wizards with Star Wars, I was an Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. And uh, I think... You know, I would read just anything magic. So, like a lot of the Susan Cooper things, they're not wizards, but there's there's still kind of that element. Or what is it, Raymond Feist, who did uh, was it Magician and it was Pug? I, th- I think there was a really long kind of series. I might be getting the author wrong, but I read a bunch of those. And so, yeah, it just can be so. I, mean, I don't have kids, but I, I totally read Harry Potter. <laughs> You know, it's got a lot of problems, but still, yes, wizard school. Uh, I'm just going to, I don't know, shout out in terms of hate. The only one I really ever, magicians, no. Oh, the magicians, yeah, <laughs> Lev Grossman. Oh, boy, yeah. 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 Do you know how many, like, too far feeling that, but I want to say that's the one where, nope, can't, can't do it. But, we are on the same page there. Yeah, good. Oof, so, <laughs> with this, great, good, not a... Spoiled. <laughs> no, okay, we won't, I won't get into the long list of insults, but uh, but this would have fit the bill, I think, a lot. I'm very fascinated by just who the wizard character was. And, oh, Shannara. Uh, yeah, never uh, read that. Okay, yeah. I mean, the first one's kind of interesting, but again, Alan Hahn, sort of, I think, fills that wizard role. So, give me a person who can wield magic and know stuff, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be very excited. Uh, so I just thought it was cool that you had this idea of this great wizard, and then you meet him when he's just a brat. Absolutely. He is. Um, one of the things that I wrote down, I, I'm going to look up why I wrote this down, because I wrote a, a, uh, a page notation here. Oh, it's when Ged is going to show off. when he. I think it's when he first summons the shadow. And uh, what it says here is, um, you know, he's walking out on the hill. And he stood at the center of the world. And I just thought, teenage boys with magic are absolutely fucking terrifying. You know, just the idea that someone with with that kind of development could have so much power that he then screws up his life for years to come. It it doesn't get pointed out quite as abjectly as that very often, I don't think. No. A lot of times I think they they would get to skate or uh, it would make them even more powerful or it's something about that. But that's one of the things I really admire. And even as a kid, you know, I, I thought that was, it was really fascinating. I don't think I had built up the expectations of story, you know, even have it subverted. Cause you know, so again, this is like one of the probably foundational kind of texts, but I, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, a lot of times it's not, you know, path A, good, <laughs> path B, evil there there tends to be a lot of more complications and uh, and consequences which 
I think, yeah, it did a number on me. I think when I was a kid, because I, I would identify, I think, with Ged a little bit when, when he was younger, because I would want to be, um, you know, the person who studied. I'm sure there was an element of not power, but kind of. You know, where you're like, I, I understand these things, I control these things, I know these things. I think that was very appealing to me. And then to have this exploration of when that goes so wrong. Uh, and I think as someone with a temper, <laughs> that uh, probably, you know, I'm not saying, oh, it, it amended my behavior and made me a great kid. <laughs> you know? um, but I, I think it, it did make me think twice because uh, I think I was waiting for him to be awesome. I can't remember how I felt about him when he was younger. I think part of it may be the promise that he was going to get better, uh, but also uh, while he is a handful, I kind of give him a bit of a pass. The poor kid grows up. It's so cold. What was it? Was the mother dies? Father, you know, siblings are older, father's distant, then there was the the maternal aunt who had no time for him until he showed power. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) This is just you, this poor kid. And the first, was the first manifestation, was, was it the goats? I believe so, yeah. And that's so, it seems so classic. It's the, he does this, but that was creepy. With all those goats following him. Yeah. And then there was, I'm not going to look for the specific line, but it was great, right? Because it was like all these villagers come out to, was it laugh at the kid and curse at the goats? Or <laughs> the other way around? <laughs> Whatever it was. Like, yeah, just, yeah, leave the kid hanging. No big deal. Yeah. I was waiting for things to go. And now, from I think like all the reading I've done, I've forgotten that part. Too. I don't remember. He doesn't get mobbed by the evil goats, right? They're not evil. They were. <laughs> like, I just can imagine cinematically how creepy that moment would, would have been with all those goats. Oh, and then there was that really great moment, though, when she tries to sort of uh, bind him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't speak, and so she does she tests it, and he laughs. Such a great way to reveal this kid has some serious power behind him, and yeah, it was it was fantastic. I think just for those layers, I love all those little touches. So I think it's just going to be coming like this list of things that I loved, and I think uh, Ogion is pretty amazing. Well, so one of the things because of the way this is written, the way it's told, uh, more than shown, uh, one of the things that really struck me is that the idea of true names. It's kind of a shortcut to showing the, how much characters trust each other. Because um, it's him and the other kid. Vetch. Vetch, yes. I mean, there's not a whole lot of relationship on the page. And, and, I mean, they've spent all this time at the wizard school, and there's not a ton of that on the page. Um, but just showing that they trust each other enough to do that and, and swap the true names. That's really neat. I like that. Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. You're exactly right. Where I wasn't, it wasn't, I was distrusting that, but just what a great economical way of saying, and beautiful. Yeah, just that, that awesome moment. And I, I kind of, I remembered that it occurred, but still when it was written and just the language that was used, you know, felt, it felt so good. I, I think if this was written today, maybe by somebody else, it would probably be like three times as long. Or it would be like a seven-book series, you know, and everything would be spelled out and detailed. And I don't know that that's the, really the way to go, you know? I, it's a great book. 
I think so. I, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm curious, sure, but also I think you're exactly right when you're talking about the the pacing. You know that it's a short book, but it's it's like it's like reading poetry. Like it's maybe really short, but it's going to take you time to get through it and have it sink in. So I don't think I wanted like a whole lot more detail. Uh, Okay, there might have been a little moment where, like, having a little bit more of the sort of Jasper conflict, part of me would want that, but honestly, it probably would just start making me feel bad. And, of course, part of the important thing is, Jasper, I hated when I was a kid, but as an adult, like, again, was pretty... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're both teenage boys, very much. I mean, there's things to like and hate about both of them, which is true of every teenage boy. Yeah. Every teenager, but yeah, it just but it really felt like there was maybe they could just fight and get it out of their system <laughs> or something. Well, it's definitely not like uh, Harry and Malfoy, right? Where one of them is right and one of them is wrong. It, it's very much they both have their problems. Yeah, infinitely more more subtle than that. And I think I was I was reading just some information or some, some things. I thought it was it was interesting that at one point I thought uh, someone had characterized the when Ged leaves uh, Ogian to sort of say like, oh, he was destined for for bigger things. And I'm not saying that's inaccurate, but I do find it. He had a choice, uh, you know. And I thought yeah. that, that was really cool. And he was like, you could stay here with me. I, I think that, but Ged considered it, right? He. He saw the beauty and like and what he wanted out of that, what he could get, but then still felt that other pull. And I, I liked again; it wasn't one clear path that he had to do. And I thought it was great when he circles back and goes when he had uh, changed into the bird form and had to sort of flee. And he goes back to to that place and one of the only people who could uh, call me. And that was so one, you know. I named you once, right? yeah. but that he, that character is fantastic. Just the uh, wasn't his, it was the silent. Yes. Yeah, and that's, I think, like, a really cool thing that she does here. I think there's, like, lots of silence, and that goes really nicely with that, with the names. And if, I think true names are probably one of those things that, uh, after I read it, if I used my imagination and started thinking about things, I would realize how much of it came from this book, uh, just the, the power of naming, and uh, for some reason, the light, the, mm-hmm. the wear lights that they call. I don't know why that image has stuck with me. It's really common for wizards to do that, but I, I know that it was always from, from this piece. But, and just the when he's studying and that time that he spent out in the tower learning yeah. the names, so cool. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Um, it kind of feels like this is the kind of book that like some people get really into magic systems, and some people will tell you that you have to have a system for your magic. This feels like the opposite of that. Like, this is just, you know, sense of wonder style magic, magic. And I really dig that more than, you know, you've got to have, you know, six bay leaves and crook your hands in the right way. And, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah, I think so, too. And it really, it works really well with the style. And I think really well with the, with, I guess, yeah, the style and the, and the story both makes a lot of sense. I do tend to prefer it. I don't mind a magic system, but I'm not an incredibly logical person. So at some point in time, I'm going to go, okay, and I'm going to hand wave that away. I'm going to say, yes, it's very intricate. Uh, sure. Oh, cool, it worked. Or, oh, no, it didn't. So something like this, I get, uh, you know, like, I don't 
don't know, like just a lovely phrase or a, oh, that's neat that he knew that name. And, and I, just the discussions I think you can get into. The, well, of course you can't control the ocean because the ocean isn't just the ocean. It's all of these other pieces and you have to know those names. And it's like, okay, yeah, that feels like, sure, that's a, that's a limiter. I will work with that. Yeah, it was really cool. And then just and then it sets up those things like your true name. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and then the whole quest for the shadow. And even, I was in a, oh, just to go back to, like the doorkeeper. Mm-hmm. I really liked when poor Ged comes from God. Right? And you know, he spent some time with the sort of quiet magician. He's, he's saved his mystery. He's had his taste of heroism. He's had all these things. He arrives puffed up. And then he gets those, uh, like basically the people who live there, so like, yeah, wizards, we see a ton of them, and they all speak in riddles, and he, of course, acts such a jackass when he goes in, and he (laughs) fusses with the doorkeeper, which also pretty bold, and I'm not going to take any more of this, it's like, well, sure, (laughs) they're also going to stand there for a while, but... I really liked that. And then when it came time for him to exit, I was so happy that they got to talk to him again. And uh, so I just, I don't know, I just love characters like that. In small does, I think it was perfect amount. Uh, if it's too much, I feel like if you just told them, you know, we could skip a lot of, of trouble. Uh, but instead, yeah, we get, we could get on his quest. So I don't know, I mean, were there like pieces or things that stood out to you most? I did, I noted that for a kid's book, this is really dark, right? Uh, the people that get killed, uh, the Otak. Um, Ged talks about sacrificing himself, presumably, you know, you know, giving his life to take care of the shadow. And I like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't feel like a kid's book. And I think sometimes um, people get caught up with things that kids can or cannot handle when, I mean, obviously it's not good for kids to be forced to handle terrible things like that, but terrible things like that happen in people's lives. So the get having to deal with it, I thought was great. Yeah, I did, I did too. I did when I was a kid, and uh, now I appreciate it. And those are the stories I think that live. There's nothing wrong, you know, with just having some, you know, fluffy... I read a ton of it, I still like it. You know, I'll read that. But yeah, to be able to get into the get into those pieces and I think uh, one of the other scenes that probably always struck me is honestly the way that a wizard would travel in the lands of the dead and I love the fact that you have earth sea filled with this water and then you know the afterlife or, uh, is, is really that the dry place with the stars that never move and uh, that just struck me I think when I was a kid and it was pretty terrifying I, I knew that people died and I knew that kids died though I had not ever probably experienced that I never had like, when I was a kid like someone that was my age that I knew uh, but even in the story I think it was probably one of the first times uh, and I was prepared for him to save the day I was expecting him to be able to go in he's the wizard like all of the townspeople or the parents he's gonna and no, right? He comes back, that shadow finds him, uh, you know, the kid dies, and oh, <laughs> I just remember it being a, a really powerful kind of kind of moment. And that shadow is scary. Yeah. Okay, so were there things that you didn't like or that you were critical of as you read through it this time? 
I almost can't think of it. I mean, not saying it's perfect. Sure. Uh, I didn't, you know, I knew I had that long thing about, you know, the names I didn't mind as much. I still found them somewhat challenging, but it's not something that I would say, oh, no. It's, no. So, I mean, if that's the level we're at, I, I, <laughs> I think it's fine. No, there might have been, in terms of action, I thought there were a couple moments where I didn't necessarily want a large scene, but because we had the distance in there, because we had the telling, I, I thought there were there were things that if I was reading, I would miss in terms of plot. And that might be the fault of me as a reader, but things like I did lose track of Poeing, uh and... I feel like that was a problem. I'm not saying that I wanted the long, sad, protracted death scene, but I really did get confused there. And I made note of maybe a couple other sort of big moments that kind of just occur, and then we pick up. And I don't think that that's really... It doesn't make it a bad book. It just means sometimes I wanted something out of it. I think that it was sort of saying, no, no, we're interested in maybe the ideas or the emotions behind it. I was like, yeah, but sometimes I just kind of want to know... It just happened. Yeah. Uh, I think, and it means really, really long episodes, and sometimes they felt like they were, like, oh, now we're, we're done with the creepy people up in the north with the evil stone, and we're gonna, nope, we're done with that, and so it just sort of folds a lot of it. But that being said, I don't know that I would have wanted a lot of that in between stories, mm-hmm. so yeah, overall, it's still a win for me. Yeah, it, it's a great book, and I didn't find anything that was really bad. There, there was one thing I was really curious about, though. You know, if this was a, a 52-year-old book by somebody else, I would just say, oh, it's a product of its time. But I got a lot of respect for Ursula Le Guin, and there's almost no women in this book. Like, girls don't get to go to wizard school, right? Um, do you... I, I don't know, like, the writing history or anything like that. Like, did she know, okay, this book is primarily focused on Ged and the way boys are treated in this society and then the next book is going to be about this girl? I have no idea. Yeah, she does, and I'm not going to remember specifically, but in sort of some of the material that I have in this large book, she talked about that. Uh, But really, she made a point of saying that Toons was the first thing that she had written with a female protagonist and done that on purpose. And so I think she saw what was needed but I don't know if it was for for this book uh, and you're exactly right and I think because I had read that uh, the essay I, I was like oh I didn't even talk about it, uh, it yeah it does kind of if you examine it from there it does sort of suck right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the book doesn't suck but the situation does uh, and I think that well I mean when I was a kid yeah they just weren't those stories so you just uh, ignore I suppose you try to not self-insert, but sort of like, okay, sure, like that's the that's the journey, and I didn't feel it as keenly thinking like the books as I did sometimes media because you have that visual representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then I know that she does some cool things later, but that doesn't necessarily she didn't get her pass. Uh, well, it, I don't know that it's a hundred percent her idea either, right? I mean, she's publishing in the '60s. And the publishing industry was very different then than it is now. I, I just, I can't imagine. I, I, I don't know that she could have published these in the other order, right? With Tombs first and then Wizard of Earthsea. I have no idea. I'm just speculating here. I don't think you're wrong. I, I would say, yeah, I think that having uh, 
it's like the default, isn't it? I mean, and she had a hard enough time, I think, have, having people acknowledge that these characters are not white. Yes, yes. I, I, that was one of the things I came across was the, like a sci-fi channel adaptation. And that was very upsetting to her. And she was very public about that. Yeah, yeah. And I think there were a couple, maybe covers also. Oh, sure, I bet. And now the covers, I remember, I don't know that they had someone on them, but Get for me was never white. So Mm -hmm. whatever it was, cover or description or both, I I had a very clear, you know, I think picture of, of who that who that was, and I think she did it I think, really subtly. But I mean, but it's not like oh, it's so subtle we can't tell. No, it is so clear. So sure. all of those marketers, thumbs down, <laughs> and whoever made that, I don't think I've seen this sci-fi thing. But I oh, I have not seen it. Everywhere I see it, it just looks. But I did look it up on IMDb, and I just went look at the cast. Nope, that's got to be a fail. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, how, how incredibly disappointing. Uh, trying to think, because the, the female characters in Wizard, few and far between, I guess we have the aunt, who mm-hmm. she doesn't seem evil, just perhaps a little self-serving, or maybe just kind of ignorant and doing, doing what she could, but it, it not evil. But then there was uh, the daughter of the Lord, the one that turns out to be the woman he meets later, right? Right. She's, she's not in there very much. No, no, she's just there. She's just beautiful and enthralled to evil. Okay, sure. Yeah. And uh, I guess we do get. Is it Vetch's sister? Yeah. Is it Yarrow? Vetch's sister. Yeah. <laughs> and she was, I mean, she was a fun character and nice, and at least it was, oh, well, all women are evil in the book, which I thought was really helpful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they don't go on adventures. And do you think it is helped by that there's a clear one point of view character? I mean, Gad is our character. We right. follow him. So almost everyone else feels like a side character. Oh, yeah. And so I think that that helps sometimes. Where you're, oh, well, but it's just him. As opposed to the ones, I suppose, that uh, it's a wide cast of characters. And like, yes, you've got. 15 points of view and no women. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much. Or it's, well, no, we got one hot chick. What, what more do you want? Oh, no. So much more, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that, that is something uh, that it would have been cool. Uh, but knowing, I think, that the second book was a conscious, I think, sort of uh, effort to have that. And it, it makes sense. And she really talked about it. And, you know, the essay just... Uh, talking about the approach of that one and really thinking carefully about the nature of power uh, and so having this uh, what kind of power would this person have oh this might be power um, over others uh, and so just looking at the way that both of the both of the books you know treat that theme I think is is really interesting and I love some of the things just in, in both of them but since we're talking about Earthsea first and just uh, that there was a line that had to be something basically talking about how kindness could be uh, a power I think too and just those kind of things like yes yes they can or uh, you know choosing not to act or to turn away or uh, just that moment where it's you know you can't you can't keep running from this shadow you have to turn and confront it 
So what did you think about the, I guess, that final confrontation or how that went? I think it's fine. I, I don't remember how I felt about it the first time I read it. And by the end of this one, I didn't remember the ending, but I, you know, I pretty much figured out what was going to happen. It's almost anticlimactic in that it's just kind of, there's this huge journey and then it is over, right? You know, it's, I, and again, I didn't mind it, right? I, part of that was, hey, we get to this one, then I get to read the one I like. <laughs> but I, I think it's very appropriate and I like that it's not a big fight at the end, right? He doesn't have to go out and kill the shadow. He has to embrace the fact that he did this. I thought that was cool. Uh, I think it probably, I'm trying to, I can't remember how I reacted when I first read it. I think there probably was a bit of a head tilt, like, huh, okay. (laughs) Uh, But something to to definitely think about now, like, okay, you gotta gotta catch this thing. But I didn't, I, I knew there wasn't some big long battle. I couldn't remember how it, ended after that. I knew that that, that was where he was going for. Uh, and I thought there were clear indicators. Uh, there were a couple things. Oh, maybe that was another one where I would get a little confused. It was with the Gebeth, um, mm-hmm. when he was doing the rowing and there was that one character. And I think I just, maybe I was going too fast, but it seemed to be a surprise. Something was obviously up with him, but I guess when he turns around, I go, well, then, when did that happen? Uh, but Again, I rolled with it. I had no no real problems, and it got him into the area that he, he needed to go. I still I still found it to be pretty pretty satisfying. I think partly because again, all of these big confrontations happen in very similar I think kind of ways. The the discussion with the dragon. I mean, there was action there, and it was a cool moment. Uh, but I also really liked just the conversation. So, all right. So I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like a dragon person. I know that you know, people will love anything with dragons in it. Uh, I do like a good conversation with a dragon. Those mm. are the, the my favorite kind of things. I mean, there's, I guess, the pleasure of them leveling a town or something. But really, <laughs> really what I like are, uh, yeah, those those discussions. And I thought that one was really satisfying. But again, it, it, it happens, and then he's driven to, to move off. So each time I wasn't expecting, yeah, some like build up to some fantastic... Uh, battle. I think as a kid, I was probably reading this for uh, maybe more adventure, and then got something very different. But I was all about it. So. I think you know, even up to like the halfway point of this, I kind of had the ending of this conflated with the end of the farthest shore, and I don't remember a lot of detail about that either. But I think I was expecting a different ending, and then it you know it, it kind of went in completely different directions. So. Yeah. I do like the idea that uh, she talked about the where she finishes the book and she has no idea what an archmage really is or a dragon lord, but you know it sounded good. Yes, that is excellent, uh, and I also like the fact that it sticks with her. And that yes, I need to write more more books in this. Uh, I, I thought it was satisfying. Yeah. Just the way that it ended, I was not uh, feeling oh look, there's so many things that are left unsaid uh, I just bought the fact that he was going to turn into you know this character because the seeds were there he, you know Dooney was a pain and Ged certainly you know but post Shadow I mean, so, or you know when he sort of uh, messes things up uh, with the 
you know, showing off for, for Jasper and gets the scars and has to recover from that. You can sort of see, oh, yeah, he's there's a marked change there and just being more cautious. He still has power, but thinks about using it very, very carefully. And so those seem like just the kind of lessons that probably a wizard really, <laughs> really should learn. And so I thought that he did and he acted selflessly. I was, I was into it. I'm happy there were more books, but it wasn't like some where it just was like, oh, this feels kind of unfinished or, and also maybe just not knowing where it's going to go. I guess might be the segue into where did it go. Okay, so you say that you loved this one. So what was it about this story that you loved? I don't even remember. I just remember I had memories of liking this one the best of all three of them. Um, and I, I did really like reading it again. Um, I remembered, I, you know, I just had these weird little fragments of memory, like the labyrinth and the girl and Ged eventually showing up. Uh, but I think one of the things that I really like about it is just how very different it is. Because, of course, when I first read these, I had the, you know, the box set. I would have gone straight from one into the other one, you know, immediately. And... You really do read half this book before he makes an appearance at all, and he's he's the only real major character in the first book. Um, and I, but I, one of the things I really loved about this is that there's so little conflict in the first half, right? It's it's really just a lot of setting the stage for everything and making sure the relationships between the people are very clear, so that when things do start to happen. You know, I had a great understanding of the kind of things that could happen to her as the story progressed. Yeah, uh, I agree. Well, I already said that I didn't, I had a rough time with Tombs. I think I, when I came out of it, I, mean, I wanted more Ged. I mean, Please give me the art. You know, I, mean, I was attached to that character. I was attached to that story. I did not take the point of view shift well. But I think when I was that age, certainly, that was like my MO. When I finally did the next year or so read Lord of the Rings, there were big points where <laughs> like, I don't care about the storyline. And I think it's hilarious, and I'm pretty sure the first time I went through, I don't care about Merry and Pippin. What about Frodo? And then pretty like, oh yeah, we're Frodo. It's not Lord of the Rings. I'm pressing, like, what's happening with Merry and Pippin? And so, uh, but I. Any of you, if you read a bunch of fantasy, right, you know that a lot of times they'll break off into long things. You, you just have to roll with it or be miserable. I think this was one of my first experiences with, I had this expectation, here are the stories. It's not like it was revolutionary, just like my limited experience. Um, so very different. This time, you know, I knew that there was going to be a change. I knew that there was, I knew Ben showed up. I knew it was late. Uh, so I just kind of had to adjust, and I think this time around, uh, Tanar, like I, I, I felt a lot more, you know, for her and understanding uh, just how tenuous her position, I think, really was from the from the start. Such a great thing for distance. She's so uh, not confident, but she has those roles and those beliefs, and there's little power struggles here or there. It's like, oh, child, you do not know who you're messing with, I don't think. Yeah, one of the things I loved about this is just the ideas of, or the idea of layers of history just kind of accreting on this one place where you've got 
her temple to the, the nameless ones. And then the God brothers come in. And now you've got the God king that everybody agrees this is an important place. Everybody wants their temple there. Uh, I love that kind of thing. And, and you're right. The, um, I didn't even write their names down, but the, the other two who are in charge of the other two temples, the other two women, um, very clearly have more uh, temporal power than Tanar does. Um, and obviously she has no idea, which is, there's not a lot of conflict in the first half, but there is that tension, which I really like. Yeah, and as a reader, I think we have to... It's one of those really nice cases, I think, of that irony, right? Where you can sort of... We see more than than she does. Uh, and it's, I think I was more forgiving, I think, of some of her behavior. Because uh, what else did she have? I mean, that poor thing. I mean, so, like, as an adult, empathize, you know, feeling so badly for her. That opening section, which I know I probably chafed at, right? Oh, who... Who care? Who is this person? Where's Ged? Uh, and now you just see the tragedy. I think of them going in, uh, and just that you know, the father clearly distancing himself because he knew that she was going to be taken and trying to handle it that way, and the mother, you know, still trying to have, uh, well, giving her love and affection and all those things that she deserved, you know, as a as a kid. And so now you see, like, oh no, they took her away in that ceremony. Uh, where her name was was taken, and she becomes the eaten one, and uh, <laughs> it was really powerful. I, I thought. Uh, I mean, I still didn't love the setting. Uh, I mean, it's fantastic. I just it was so claustrophobic. Mm. <laughs> so again, well done. Just not a comfortable read. Uh, and you know, when she acts kind of bratty or what well that yeah that's what it's designed to be you know can imagine being she was taken when she was five yeah is that right and then you know so very very young to be given sort of that sort of deference but not right it seems all ceremonial she's still so hemmed in uh, and so limited and was it Manan uh, the one that called her you know the, what was because of all that build up I was incredibly on her side when Ged showed up like <laughs> Like, here's this guy, doesn't know what he's doing, trespassing on the sacred land, you know, doesn't care, probably wouldn't care if he did know, you know, I mean, he obviously knows that there's power there more than she does, I think, because he, he can feel the, the nameless ones and the, the force that they're exerting on him. So he knows he's somewhere that he's not supposed to be and he goes there anyway so all the stuff where you know like she's following him in the tunnels and watching what he's doing and giving him a little water and then maybe well maybe i just won't give him any more water and we'll see what happens i was totally on her side you know i I was ready for her to to just do whatever she wanted (laughs) excellent when I, again, the first couple times I read this, who is she? Why is she messing with Ged? 
And this time, yeah, I get it to a point. I also see, I mean, that all of those things are a marker of her starting to really struggle, I think, with the questions of the power that she has and the responsibility and just how much that those other prisoners weighed on her, I think. Uh, and those were really pretty cool moves that you get to see her kind of like have that interest in that struggle. And there is something really awesome just about the description uh, and the fact that there's all of these little like spy holes <laughs> that are all over the place. Yeah. And so much of that was really cool. And yeah, again, what were you doing? Uh, I like that he was super chill in the beginning. And so I do think I had this like, oh yeah, he can make more water. He's fine. Nope. <laughs> It just, yeah, made a really poor uh, choice, I think, down there. But it, it's not like he could have ever gone down there legitimately, right? Like, nobody would have given him permission to go down there. So if you're going to have a story, he's going to bust in there. And this ring that, you know, he got the half of in Wizard, he got to figure out what, what's going on with that. Right? I love that stuff. And that was cool. And the fact that we knew that it was important. We knew it was important to him. I really liked that we didn't know why until really late. And it does seem when they talk about the lost rune and what it meant, that's a quest worthy, I think, and a goal that's worthy of the time. So... I thought that was pretty great. We just sort of either had to trust, but it also allows us to have, I think, that sort of connection with her. Why is he in there messing with this? He's a thief. And I think if we knew what he was questing for, at least for me, it would have made me chafe against that. Child, what are you doing? Why are you you struggling against this? You should want good rulership, and you should want these pieces. And I also thought it was really cool that, again, sort of like, here. I mean, partly it was like, well, yeah, you got to do that because she's got power <laughs> over you. But I thought, again, it's it didn't feel like it was for personal gain mm-hmm. and until they left all the other stuff alone. But yeah, so much of that was really cool. So I'm sorry, I guess, past Wendy failed to enjoy the adventure <laughs> of the fact that she is down there in the dark and my memory sucks. So just... <laughs> I would not have been a good priestess. I would have been lost immediately. Absolutely. And so just the fact that she remembered all that stuff and was was going through and, I don't know, cool explorer spirit. I like just the ones where she started investigating and you see the, uh, what was it, they talked about the robes. Like back in the days when people used to come uh, and you know, really, I think, like honor those gods and those priestesses and so they had those dances and just the great symbolism, just that where she's with the pretty dresses and they kind of crumble to dust and there's just stones that are left. thought that was awesome. And and then when Ned brings light down there. Mm-hmm. So good. And I think that part of it was I, I didn't make, I think, the immediate connection as to how evil the, the nameless ones really are clearly not good. Right. Uh, so I picked up on that. But I think there was something about that moment with the you know the lighting of the camera saying, "Oh, all of this beauty is completely hidden in the dark." Oh yeah, like the, the, the nameless ones are definitely up to absolute zero good. Yeah, and it, I love you know I, I enjoyed the whole book, but the the ending it's not even really the ending, but it, the the part where they're getting out of the labyrinth 
and the nameless ones are in full fury, you know, trying to kill them on the way. I just absolutely love that. That whole sequence, it's written so well, and it's like you really feel, we gotta get out of here. It, it's so great. Yeah, so this is like, there's not a whole lot that I am able to actually criticize about this book, because I do like it so much. Um, I didn't find a whole lot to complain about, really. I mean, it, it's a slower story in the beginning, but I don't mind that. I, I think it's, it's so good, and it, it does such a nice job of setting things up that when you do get to the action parts, it just everything means so much to you. Yeah. And she's a really interesting kind of um, heroic. I mean, the choices that she makes... Just going against all of that, that training, what she was raised in, the culture. So she does believe, right? So, I mean, I know that it was good that it wasn't a vengeful kind of believing, you know, when her, uh, like, fellow priestess kind of was like, I just want to marry a farmer, and she is great, right? I just want to eat stuff and have a good life, and well, here I am. And I think just her confronting that first time where, oh, uh, and I think she had, I can't remember when it came when she realized that uh, Kassel didn't really believe either, sort of more, I guess, worldly kind of power, different. Uh, but for her to, I think, like turn her back on that, uh, and also, I mean, she's not feeling it the same way, which, you know, not that communication. I couldn't decide if it was, they just, I have you. Uh, or you just don't have the magic, so you're not feeling it. But still, it was a powerful break. Uh, and then just the cost, right? The one person I think that she'd grown up with that was still around that showed her any kind of affection. So when he falls into the pit, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of hoping that like the pit was another trick. Like it really wasn't that, yeah, that no. deep or something. No, no. Why? That was a fool's dream, but... Uh, yeah, and just the fact that yeah, the whole place is leveled, so you do get that time element. But just to to walk away and then just, yeah, what is she going to do? And I'm glad they address it, that she still has choices. So that was one of the things, especially with something you said about Ged in Wizard. He has the choice, right? It'd be like people say he has a destiny, but he could have stayed on Gone with Ogian. But he chose to go. And she did not have a choice until he shows up and everything that she's known is destroyed. But then he does make sure that she knows you've got this choice, right? There are still options. Uh, yeah, so it's, I'm glad that, yeah, he didn't change fundamentally, like, I think, who he is. And that she, uh, just being faced with that, I mean, the, the, it's sort of like with the terror of freedom, kind of, but not even really knowing what that could possibly be. I like that he presents it. It sort of says, yeah, again, uh, we're going to take this ring and you're going to be in this big city and people are going to regard you there. You could stay there. And also, she doesn't succumb to that. She's like, or I mean, that, that would have been a bad choice. If she decided to go full princess and no, no problem. Uh, but understanding that's probably not going to make her happy and then just sort of giving her, yeah, again, all of these, these options and acknowledging. I think he tells her and shows her and until she understands that she made a huge step um, to learn mercy where there probably wasn't any and to step away and yeah and I'm also glad that you know, she got to go with him 
some of those, it makes me think again about sort of what this is saying about power and how you exert it. There's that excellent scene uh, after they've escaped and they're camping and she's hungry, you know, can't you call the rabbits? Right? And he just has that, just reinforcing it, because that whole thing about trust, right, had been established before when they were like, well, we need to trust one another, and he gives her, you know, his name. And I think he explained to her, like, previously, the, the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just that, well, yeah, I could call them, and we could kill and eat them, but that, that feels like that would be a violation of trust. And, oh, that's so good. That's <laughs> so good. Uh, and then she could, yeah, see it and, and struggle, but... No, I, I liked it a lot better this time. I like, really admire it. And Wizard is always going to have just that, that place in my heart that you know probably no other book could actually have. But uh, but no, I think that that Tombs is a pretty amazing book as well. So I'm taking a break, but I know I'm going to read like probably yeah more of the, the Earthsea books for sure. It definitely made me want to read uh, the rest of them because I, I know. There, she wrote like the first three, and then there was a long break in between, and then came back and, and kind of finished off the cycle. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I know that the, the last one was 2000, 2001, and what the first couple were like late 60s, mm-hmm. early 70s, and then I can't remember how much of a break there was between it was the 80s or 90s. Yeah, a long time. And I'm really curious, and I I do understand. I think that they, she circles around and then talks about Tanara's story even more. And I think at one point in time, I'm like, oh, I don't want to read that. <laughs> and now, now I really do. Uh, but, but no, I don't. I don't have any any big criticisms, which is fantastic, right? Because that's not really what we're doing. No. <laughs> so this is a really nice example of this is why I like to reread books from time to time. Yeah. You, know, you get to uh, experience these characters. I think for this, uh, I still get as a character is still interesting, but but that's not what lives here for me. I really do think it's uh, just the beauty of the writing. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I like the ideas, but there is just something about sinking into that prose and just being like, this is just so great. Um, and I think that that's what I like to re-experience. But uh, yeah, I did not go in. I was not bitterly disappointed. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> it really was. I... I was fairly confident. Yeah. You know, you're going to, like, I can't have been so very wrong so many times. Uh, not about this. And so it was great. Uh, just to kind of open it up. It's like, oh, hello, old friend, you know, and then just kind of getting into it. And I also liked uh, just being able to experience the one that I was curious if I would have a different point of view. And I'm very happy to say, uh, you know, even when I was a kid, I, I knew it was a good book. I just... Wasn't wasn't enough again for me. <laughs> now I think the get balance is what it needed to be. I, I don't think that that story could have been told in nearly the same way if it had all been it, him. It probably would have been more of an adventure story, or we wouldn't have understood. Like who's that weird kid? That, or I don't know how old she was. I keep calling her a child. And yeah, it's not really clear. I don't. Think. Uh, yeah, I mean, if she's a teenager, I'll just be a jerk and say, "You're a kid." <laughs> but you're like, who's this person? You're looking at him. Why isn't she? Oh, we have what? We have to like watch him. You know, keel over because of thirst or something. It would have been a very different kind of kind of deal. But no, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I'm not gonna lie, procrastination got the better of me. So I read Tombs uh, yesterday. <laughs> for not remembering more of the details but uh, but yeah it went by really really quickly and I I did enjoy it yeah I would say these are good picks oh, I'm so relieved <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I don't have to cry. The only thing is, again, like, just be nice to your little pets. I felt so bad about them. I just got to get over it. But I think that's really, if that's the only thing. Yeah. That is super minor, and um, past Wendy forgot it. So I think I'll probably forget it again. Uh, but there will be things that I will always remember. 